Steve, you may be relieved. I'm not sure everybody else down here is relieved. I decided to step in, but hey, here we go. Christ is risen. He's risen indeed. So what? Bart asks Homer, what religion are we? Homer says, ah, you know, the religion with all the well-meaning rules that don't really work in real life. A seeker came to Lindisfarne after visiting a Buddhist monastery. And there he said he'd been given a path to follow, taught how to meditate, learned how to be gentle towards the earth, and offered a whole way of life. In Christian churches, by contrast, all he found was a lot of ritual and a lot of words. If these pictures are right, if these pictures resonate somewhat, we've got a bit of a problem. And I think, thankfully, quite a few people are becoming aware of this. There is a deepening and increasing search, I think, among people for an authentic faith, an authentic way of life that will make a difference. Are we looking for something more? Are we looking for something real? With these thoughts in mind, let's look at some of those words that Jesus brought to his disciples. They are afraid. They've locked the doors. And Jesus comes and stands among them and says, peace be with you. In effect, he says to them, they have done everything that they could to me. But here I am. The government, the legal establishment, the legal system, the empire worked against me because I had stood up to it. The religious establishment, the established church, They sought to destroy me. They sought to quieten me. But here I am, alive. I have overcome. Peace be with you. And then he says, as the Father sent me, so I send you. The Father gave me a task to do. I have done my bit. I leave the rest to you. As the Father sent me, I send you. There's a story told of when Jesus got up to heaven, the angels said to him, so you've brought the kingdom What now? And Jesus says to the angels, Well, I've left behind a handful of faithful men and women. They will tell the story. 
They will express the love. They will spread the kingdom. But, but what if they fail? What's the plan then? Jesus says there is no other plan. As the Father sent me, so I send you. And how did the Father send Jesus? What does that mean? Well, God's rescue plan for this earth was not carried out at arm's length. He became one of us. As Peterson puts it, the word became flesh and moved into the neighborhood. As the Father sent me, so I send you. To be involved. To live. For 30 years, Jesus lived an ordinary life. Unremarkable. Uncommented upon. We don't know anything. He was just living a faithful life of obedience to his Father in everyday life. As the Father sent me, so I send you. Some people recognized him as Messiah through what he did. Some people saw what he was doing and made connections and followed. And other people saw the same things and came to different conclusions. It was not perfectly obvious what was going on. It was not spectacular enough that everybody could suddenly see, ah, here is the Son of God. As the Father sent me, so I send you. And he didn't have any special status. He had no power, no political power to impose his will. Not even religious power as part of the religious establishment. A servant. Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. As the Father sent me, so I send you. And he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. Jesus was not without power. Look at the things that he did. Look at the way he stood up to the forces that would put people down, that would keep people enslaved. And he breathed the power of the Holy Spirit for us to use in a similar way, not triumphant, not from a position of superiority, not to impose. As the Father sent me, so I send you. 
to go into situations situations where there seems to be no answer situations where you are at the end or beyond the power to do something except to trust that God will be there As the Father sent me, so I send you. And if you forgive someone their sins, they are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. My theology begins to falter at this point. How does that work? Surely God forgives, not me. Surely that's what the cross was all about, not me. But Jesus says, as the Father sent me, I send you. Maybe you should not theologize too much about that, but just go and forgive people. Because if you forgive people, you set them free. Free from the things that they regret free from things that hold them captive. Forgiveness does something. As the Father sent me, so I send you. What does it look like? What does all this look like? The Father sending me, so I send you. I want to share some stories from my boss who uh, works for the Council for Global Mission of the Presbyterian Church. He went to Lebanon past October and he met with some pastors from the Syrian church and heard their stories. This is not easy to listen to. It's not easy to say I... I cannot tell these stories without getting emotional. But one of the Syrian pastors says, we are a church that is weak, shaken to the core, completely trusting God for everything, but committed to reaching out to all in need without distinction demonstrating unconditional love of Christ to Muslims and Christians alike, sharing whatever food parcels arrive. Sometimes Muslims are turning up at church disillusioned with government, with their faith, vulnerable, broken, and completely open to a new beginning. He talked about bombs exploding outside the house. He talks about people walking to church knowing that there are snipers, that it's dangerous to walk to church, but saying, hey, it's worth worth going. um, Basically, it's worth the danger of being shot on the way rather than staying at home. He talks about seeing ISIS fighters breaking through at the end of his street, coming towards him and saying, what's going to happen to me and my family? 
and they put a black flag outside and then suddenly they turn and go away. He talks of saying there are angels watching over the church. The only people that are left are the widows and the orphans and a very, very few people who have decided to stay out of principle. He says, more recently I moved my family to Lebanon. I try to visit every 45 days. It takes 18 hours to get to them and the first six are the most dangerous. There are 40 checkpoints to cross and a constant risk of snipers and kidnapping. And after a few days with his family, he says, when it is time to return, when it's time to return, it's too painful to say what might be a final farewell. So I leave early in the morning when my family are asleep. And when I go back, I find myself saying, here I go, back into hell. Another pastor tells of a Muslim woman bringing her daughter to him. Her daughter had seen her father beheaded. Couldn't sleep at night. Come was looking to him for help. He says, what do you do? So he put her on his knee and he prayed for her. And he gave her a picture Bible and told the mother to read her a story at night before going to sleep. And weeks later, the mother comes back to thank him and say, thank you for the change in my daughter. The same pastor told of a woman whose father had thought the best way to support the rebels was to give them his daughter. And after she'd been raped seven times, she escaped. And they came into contact. Today, this woman has come to Christ and is now working with battered and abused women in the camps. The pastor talks about those who are left. He says, the remnant have committed themselves to reach out in unconditional love, sharing emergency rations with their neighbor, even when their neighbor is an enemy, a Muslim. We must minister to Jesus and the hungry and naked and sick. The Muslims who are coming to to us respect those who stand firm and clear in their beliefs. On one occasion, the response came back. Surely you love us more than our own people. As the Father sent me, so I 
send you. I think that's what it looks like. What does it look like for us? Well, only you can answer that as you go out tomorrow into the world. As the Father sent me, so I send you. And that's what it looks like.